You're tuned into the Omni Podcast, a platform for youth and associated agencies to share their voice without limits. In Cuba, Sierra spoke with us about life management training program supports, transitioning into independent living, time spent as a youth in care, music, cats, job and education aspirations, motherhood, advice on youth advocates, living through the COVID-19 pandemic, conspiracy theories, and UFOs. Names and details have been altered or bleeped out. Okay, it is June 2nd, 2021. We are here with Sarah. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Good. I got the name right? Yes, you did. Yeah, so um, this is my first time meeting you. You want to tell us about yourself? Anything you want to uh, inform us? Some interests or who you are? Or uh, <laughs> That's a pretty vague question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? I'm 20. 20 years old? Yes. Okay. And you're in the LMT program? Yes, I am. You are. And uh, how long have you been in that program? Two years. Two years? Yeah. Yes. When do you graduate? Um, honestly, not anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to. I could have graduated probably a long time ago, but I just kept asking for like to keep my file open with them. Yeah. So you, you like the support you're getting and, and yeah. a bit more time is needed to... To make that next uh, leap into independence? Most definitely. Yeah. I really appreciate the support and it really helps. Yeah. So do you live in your own apartment kind of thing or do you live independently or with friends? Um, I live independently in my own apartment. Cool. With my two kittens and my boyfriend. Two kittens? Yeah. Yes. And a boyfriend. Nice. Yeah. I, I obviously work from another program, but uh, do you want to explain what Supports LMT provides? Um, yeah. It, it provides support to transition to independence and teach you healthy life skills as well as work with you one-on-one to learn these life skills as well as give you a healthy role model to talk to and get advice to get advice from i mean nice nice yeah so kind of like a safety net even though you're practically independent already it's just sort of making sure that you're comfortable uh with that next step yeah Yes. That's good. That's good. I could see how that would make things uh, easier with big decisions and just getting that clarity of uh, making the right decision and having that guidance and having something to reflect on. So you're a youth in care, well, an adult in care now. How long have you been uh, in care? Um, the first time I was in care, I was like six and then I wasn't in care again until I turned 12 and I was in care ever since for the most part, except for like half a year maybe. And then I went back into care. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a journey I imagine has had its highs and lows. You know, I think, uh, not knowing you, but seems like you've made some good decisions along the way because you've uh, advanced into an independent setting and have grown. I imagine you've learned uh, some things that most people probably don't learn at, your, at that age. So you've had to grow up fast by default. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, familiar with... Um, an adult by the name of Julian Wig. 
Julian Wig, my supervisor, aka manager, said he uh, worked one on one with you for some time. Uh, how old were you then, and, and what kind of supports did he offer? Um, he was my first youth worker. I think I was, I don't even know, I must have been maybe like 14. 14 years old when he became my youth worker and he worked with me up until I was like I feel like I feel like until I was about 16 and then yeah he's a really good guy and he's a really good worker yeah yeah Julian's awesome yeah he's he really does care you know he's got that he's a good bloke good bloke he used though. to deliver <laughs> chips what's that he, does, he tell, does he talk to you about how he used to deliver like Lay's chips. <laughs> he hasn't, but I will. Oh, really? Uh, That's uh, like one of like, <laughs> like one of his like favorite topics. Like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like when I'm like when like during my time working with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, hit him up for some chips now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, what's uh, what's some of your interests? What What do you do in your in your free time? What? Yeah. Do you like music? Do you like art? I like music a lot. Yeah. Do you play any instruments? No, I actually no? don't. But just a I've, fan. Yeah, it just depends. I just, I don't know, I like listening to music, but I don't really know how to play any instruments. But I like I like playing with my cats. Cats, yeah. How old are your kittens? Um, eight months old now, I think. Oh, and babies, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so what kind of music do you say you listen to? Just everything, anything? Uh, um, yeah, a little bit of everything except for, like, country rock everyone says that no one likes country (laughs) maybe i don't listen to like a little bit of everything i don't know i listen to like i guess some like i don't know i kind of just listen to rap but like rap yeah but like yeah yeah cool yeah cool yeah cool are you working at the moment No? no what kind of job or career are you um aiming towards um i want to work as like a high-risk youth worker cool and work in group homes as well as a staff yeah for a bit yeah i always enjoy uh when i see um youth who, who have lived in care coming to the field because that's lived experience and they know how it feels to be uh you know someone in care receiving support so i find the youth definitely uh gravitate towards those workers you know because they they've they know they know both sides so that's really cool uh what kind of what like you say you said a group home or individually one-on-one stuff as well yeah i would like to well i would like to i don't know like because i know i could do my youth worker like practicum or like like i forget what the thing is you need for that but in like group homes and like work in like this if it's allowed to, I'd like to work in, like, the same group homes I kind of grew up in. Oh, yeah. And then I'd like to work as, like, a high-risk youth worker with kind of, like, how Julian worked with me or kind of, like, Boyle Street Community Services works with their high-risk youth one-on-one. Yeah. And eventually after that, um, I think I'd like to go into, like, being an advocate. Yeah. Do you see how staff who supported you could have done things differently? Most definitely, most definitely. I've had a lot of really good workers and I've had a lot of really bad workers. Yeah. And like, that's why I would like to be an advocate and that's where that kind of comes in. Mm. Because for a long time, I didn't, like, I didn't know the importance of accessing, like, an advocate necessarily. Yeah. When, say, like, um, 
I wasn't being uh, treated or supported in like this, the ways like I should have been. Yeah. And when I did start accessing an advocate, everything changed for me like in a really good way. And I learned how to advocate for myself yeah. as well. Yeah, it's definitely important to, to know your rights. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really good yeah, advice. And yeah, I really like that because, you know, our viewers, uh, we hope that we, we are... You know, we have people listening who are just in, interested in general or just found this podcast or youth workers, uh, youth in care. Uh, so, you know, I do like the idea of that message getting out there that to staff that are listening. But, you know, it is it is noticed when your efforts are honest or if it's just for the pay or whatever. Yeah, so that's good. If you're going to be in the field, being an advocate for future youth, that's, that's really good to know. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Mm. I agree with what you said there about um, like you. It, it is like you can tell who like who's genuine and who's not. Yeah. And and like I don't know. I guess like because it's like a professional setting. It's like, yeah, like if just because like nobody's like saying anything or necessarily like calling like a worker out like themselves, and you know putting it on them like that's that's not professional. Like that's not allowed. But like people still do notice and like. Like, yeah. yeah, I guess that's all I really wanted to say on that. But like, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, it's good to get that advice or get that feedback from, from youth. Um, because sometimes, you know, youth workers might be just struggling in certain areas or they don't sort of uh, have a good grasp or view of the way they carry themselves. Maybe their intentions are good, but they just don't know how to communicate that well. And that feedback's always handy so they can work on that. Because, yeah, if you see behaviours from, you know, youth in care on a certain night or the same youth worker, you know, you can typically pinpoint why that's happening and then you try to work through it. So that's valuable information. Yeah, so when are you going to, you going to go to university for that? Um, I plan on doing upgrading at Norquest and then getting my community support worker, like going to the program for that. Yep. And then after that, with that... I could transfer to, I think it's McEwen to do like continue on that and then get into like social work or like a, a youth like degree. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, Was that a four year course, that one? The the first one? Yeah. I uh, know it's actually only 11 months or 18 months maybe. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. And, and I want to go that route with it all mainly because like I, I had a kid when I was like... 13 and like I was not very smart on how important school was and like I really stopped going to school and like basically in the seventh grade and then when I got pregnant they transferred me to like Braemar which is like a high school for like teen moms and then like I spent the rest of like the years just like I don't know messing around so yeah yeah I could go the route of like getting like still like a high school diploma to go that way but I because, like, my interest is to work with, like, the community and stuff like that. Like, I would like to probably just go the way of getting, like, whatever I need to upgrade to get into the community support worker and working as that while I, like, hmm. continue my schooling. Nice. Yeah. Well, at 13, you're still a child yourself, so I uh, couldn't imagine what emotions would have been happening for you during that time, you know? The responsibility of being a mother and then actually still just being a child yourself. I imagine that was quite the journey. Do you still have connection with your daughter? Um, I still see my son, yes. Oh, son, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I actually saw him like less than a month ago, but yeah, I still keep in contact and I still 
I'm involved in like his life. So that's really good. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. And I imagine LMT have been uh, helpful with the connection there and making sure that that's, you know, your needs are being met, you know, to maintain that relationship. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, cool. And do you have support, what other natural uh, supports do you have in Edmonton? Well, I kind of... I kind of met like family, like if that's like how I, like that's how I describe it, like two years ago, probably. But like they weren't originally my natural supports. I like started babysitting for them. And then (laughs) next thing you know, we all leased a house together. And then like now we're like family and like spend like holidays together. And like, nice. Yeah. My mother also lives in the city as well. And I think that's my, my other natural support. Yeah, that's cool. Maintain that connection, yeah. What advice would you give to any youth that are in care that you would feel they would benefit from? Even if you feel supported and feel like you don't need one or that like you're heard and like your rights are being like respected and met continuously um access an advocate and even just like go for like an initial even if you don't need one at that time like go for an initial like meeting and like talk to them about like what your rights are and like things like they can tell you things that like you didn't know maybe your rights Mm. or like it's always good to like to kind of have that like i guess like knowledge on like like knowing the exact, like the exact specifics on like what your rights are and may be because like a lot of kids probably wouldn't know their rights right off of like down to like the specifics of like say what they're supposed to get like as they as they get older and like get closer to aging out like what they're supposed to be getting like per month for like personals or like clothing or like Hmm. and and like they may not even be getting those things specifically so like it's always good to just meet with an advocate i'd say yeah they have access to the legal status of your of what you're entitled to for sure i know at chima we do offer bill of rights but yeah i think you're talking also outside of that of, of someone that's in care and what what their um yeah an outline of like what it's supposed to look like yeah exactly yeah yeah no that's that's really good advice i think even some you even know about it to be honest um so to have that I knew about like advocates for like like the whole entire time I was in care but I didn't really know why if they'd be important yeah because I never necessarily was being like it's not like I was being like abused like by a caseworker but Mm. like I also just didn't know like what I was supposed to be getting so then like when I did find out my like my social worker at the time had to like I don't know, reimburse probably like almost like a year full of like vouchers (laughs) because after meeting like with an advocate and stuff like that but yeah hmm yeah, and sometimes maybe the agency, um, you know, might not be up to date with what if there's been some changes, um, or maybe they they are, and there's just other reasons why maybe you know there could be some red tape in the middle where you got to figure out where things are meant to be allocated. But yeah, it's good to keep uh, everyone on their toes a little to, to make sure that it's been done right. I think uh, anyone who does get that support will make any agency better as well because it keeps everyone in check. And I don't think anyone wants to, you know, do that on purpose if that is happening. So, yeah, it's good to have that support for sure. How's COVID been for you? 
I mean, it's been all right. Like a year ago, I thought I had COVID like 10 times and I went to the hospital like every time. So like I'm past that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been vaccinated? Yeah. I've got my first vaccine, not the second yet. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think I uh, saw an email that is rolling out the second ones here pretty soon. So yeah, it'd be good to see things open up. Did did that affect you? I know I know for some people I'm, I'm reading online, a lot of people saying it's been this, the hardest couple of years of their life and all that stuff. For me personally, I don't. What didn't affect me too much. I was lucky enough and very grateful to still have a position or an employee that allowed us to work from home, and so financially I wasn't affected. And I'm not really social at the best of times, so nothing really changed with uh, seeing uh, people. But yeah, for when I did, I just went online. Did did your life change much? Honestly, not really. I don't nah. think. Like, I mean, it, like it maybe. It's. I don't even really consider it like as like as like much of an inconvenience, except for like when, like hair places and like nail places like shut down because mm. then like that sucks. But like other than that, I'm good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's good to see things starting to open back up here. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that's the smart thing to do. <laughs> Shout out to Kenny. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he said it's going to be the best. What do you say? It's going to be the best summer ever. The reality of the, the reality. Jason Kane is going to be the best summer ever. Okay. When we all know it's going to be the second shittest summer of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be just okay. Yeah. Yeah, at the Omni Podcast, we get into a bit of conspiracy theories um, over here. So uh, you just mentioned that you, uh, it's an interest of yourself. What, what conspiracy you think is <laughs> of interest? My, like, my conspiracy theories go so deep that like, I just have like, my own that aren't even like, full established like, conspiracy theories. <laughs> Our interests at the Omni Podcast, conspiracy theories, what we're into. Um, it's not really a conspiracy. We talk a lot about time travel over here. We enjoy the thought of that. Yeah, personal belief of a conspiracy theory. I, I believe uh, certain governments were involved with 9-11. Definitely believe in UFOs. I myself have witnessed a UFO in 1989 in no Australia. No way. It's true. Can you tell, tell me about it? Yeah, I was, uh, I was only nine years old. Could have been 1990 as well, I'm not sure. But uh, the family and I were going out to the shop and it was winter, I guess it was dark at six already. And there was this oval shaped thing. It must have been the size of a football field, but it was about a football field away. So it was kind of hard to gauge how big it was. It's kind of the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And it had these sort of uh, dimming lights. It looked like it was made out of paper mache, but also some weird metal that I've never seen. And uh, just hovered there for about three minutes and then slowly started moving. And then we went out the backyard. My little brother was five, he was bawling his eyes out obviously afraid I still give him shit about that um, <laughs> and then yeah it just it took off uh, like nothing I've seen yeah it's definitely not from this world That's and ever since I've been uh, obsessed with UFOs I make uh, collages with uh, a lot of UFO um, images and stuff like that so I've had a real fascination so it's for me it's been interesting knowing firsthand that this this is real yeah. and to see now that the government are coming out with stuff I believe this month they have they given themselves a time frame of coming out with documentation and evidence of UFOs, and I'm sure they'll water it down and they won't give us what we want to hear. But uh, yeah, it's a step in the right direction. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, 
you had any experiences yourself keeping an eye on the sky there or um honestly no but i've always had like an interest in ufos yeah and do believe in them mm. yeah i remember my parents they said don't tell anyone at school people think you're crazy yeah you, you, you can't you can't muzzle me i've been telling everyone ever since <laughs> <laughs> i'm proud of it you know i don't care if i sound crazy uh, yeah whatever but uh yeah so that was my experience what other, what other conspiracies well that's not a conspiracy that's an experience Living in a simulation? Oh, I, I definitely believe we're living in a simulation. Yeah, that'd be a crazy thought if we, if we asked some sort of experiment, wouldn't it? A lot of detail to that experiment. Yeah. I, I used to watch a lot of, like, YouTube, like, little documentaries on it or, like, mm. people talking about it. And, like, I don't know, but a year ago I was pretty, like, big on only that. <laughs> like, everyone I met, I was just like, okay, so we're living in a simulation. Like, yeah. <laughs> But I don't really have any information on it, so... Yeah, and that's that's the fine line of jumping into these uh, conspiracy theories. It's like, if you really adapt it and believe it, then you question everything. <laughs> and then you find that people start to think that you're a little bit crazy or you're intolerable... intolerable I can't even say the word. It's hard to tolerate you. Um, <laughs> because you know, you're living in a fantasy world. In the, in the, in, well, maybe you're not, you know. That's, that's, that's the question. That's the argument. But yeah, I know. It's good to keep up with the stuff. I, I YouTube that stuff a lot and listen to a lot of podcasts that get into that stuff. But I try to, yeah, I do try to keep my feet on the ground to some degree. Same. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's definitely, definitely thought provoking and fun to play with the mind, you know? I agree. Mm. Yeah. You just mentioned the law of attraction. Yeah, like it was just like super big, big on like I guess like really believe like me and Carrie that like what you say, like what you think, like really does matter and stuff like that. And I agree because like if you and like the subconscious mind and like stuff like that. Hmm. What is that? Uh, there's a documentary or a book. Was it called the, the uh, Secret? The Secret. The Secret. Yeah. The Secret. Yeah. Yeah. It's where you uh, say you're in a parking lot and you're trying to get a you want to you know you want to get parked so you in your mind you say oh, I want to I want to park now I want to, and then your energy makes that happen yeah. yeah and even just like it like say something you something like you want to improve like in your life like if you fall asleep to like I believe it goes hand in hand with like frequencies like like I don't know where uh, Joe Dispenza do you know Joe Dispenza is am I saying his name? Joe Dispenza? I think so. If I'm not, then that would just be entirely fucked. But um, I think it's Joe Dispenza. But he talks a lot about, like, frequencies are also very, very powerful. And in, I forget exactly when it was shortly after, like, radio was kind of invented. And mm. then they put, they changed what frequencies all the stations would be at because there's, like, miracle frequencies, which will, like improve your life like a lot like better and like keeping keeping society and like the world at like a lower like frequency like when you listen to music or like listen to like waveforms certain waveforms you mean like yeah uh, yeah wait, yeah that's yeah. what i mean yeah 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 and like so if you like listen to like i don't know like affirmations like while you're sleeping say like you're what you'd like to work on is like confidence and self-esteem like you can listen to like i am affirmations i like I don't know, like one of their frequencies, like for example, like 425 meg. Is it hertz? It's not megahertz. <laughs> yeah, it's 
answers. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and like I find that those have helped like improve just like how I feel overall. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's an interesting uh, theory there. Uh, just got some special guests here uh, in the, the podcast. Hey, how you doing? Catch anything? No. We'll just pause while these guys uh, take off. Oh. Oh dear. Oopsies. Oh no. Feeling down because you've once again found yourself high-centered on a concrete divider that came out of nowhere? Tired from shrugging at all the people passing by? Joe Blow's Tow Company is here to help. Available anytime between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Whatever your pickle, give our phone a tickle. Call us. There you go. He got away. So you mentioned M- was it MK Ultra? Yes, MK yeah. Ultra. I you want to educate us on that, what that is? It's like it was some kind of at the time like the best um, the best doctor there was for like mental health at that time. Um, there's like a psychiatric hospital in somewhere in Ontario, I think it is, and a lot of people who like would get say sent there like by their family because they were I don't know like had schizophrenia or like depressed or just like did things that were like because at that time like mental health was kind of looked at like like you were super crazy and then when they went there and stuff like they went through a lot of like they went they could go through like intense like therapy is what they called it of like I don't know like like shocked like shock therapy shock treatment yeah Like, they went through brainwashing while being there and stuff. And, like, people who came back from it were so, like, medicated, heavily medicated, went through such intense, like, crazy, non, like, humane kind of therapy that, like, then they were, like, basically disabled for, like, the rest of their entire lives. And, like, they were kind of an okay ex- before. They were an experiment. Yeah, it was an experiment. Yeah. Ex- yeah kind of reminds like, me of Clockwork Orange. Pardon me? Oh, there's a movie called uh, A Clockwork Orange. Awesome film. But, yeah, there's a scene where... They've uh, got his eyelids pinned open and they're making him watch, I forget what it was, like a, a variety of, uh, a collage of destruction and I believe what? anyway. Yeah. yeah, and I think, it, yeah, he was in a psych ward. And That's crazy. Like, I don't but there was a lot of experimenting yeah, in, the, in the early 50s, 60s with, uh, yeah, but pretty much using them as human rats. Yeah, it still it doesn't make any sense to me on how like that would even be an idea for an experiment. Just like sounds super, I don't know, sadistic to me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, some of the medications they're trying, testing, uh, yeah, really just experimenting on human human beings. So the MK Ultra is that. Um, was that in a, in a documentary you saw based on that? I was on a podcast. On a podcast, huh? Yeah. And yeah. that was out in Ontario? I think so. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was out in Ontario. Yeah. Well, that's that's not a good thing. Um, so what's your future future plans? Are you planning on staying in Alberta or are you planning on moving out, um, out west? I think probably stay in Alberta. 
Alberta unless I would like to move back to BC. To oh, you still live in BC, huh? Nice. Yeah, good. Where did you live around? I lived in Vancouver for a bit, yeah. Nice. What about yourself? Um, I lived in Beachland. Beachland, what's that? It's it's in the Okanagan, close to Kelowna. Oh, good, good part of the world. I really like the uh, weather there in the summer. Me too. Well, probably in the winter more so. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much snow. How long did you live there for? Four years. Four years, yeah. You miss it? Yeah, I, I miss it. Yeah. yeah. It's really like expensive to live in BC entirely, though, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> I found that as well. You live week by week. It's a bit, bit expensive. Not so much here. Well, thanks, Sarah, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to meet you, and um, I think a lot of people will get great value out of um, your knowledge and experience. And, yeah, we look forward to uh, hopefully doing a follow-up uh, interview maybe in a year or two, see where you're at, see how the studies are going, and get some uh, more insight from you. Sounds like a plan. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks. thanks for coming. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Omni Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the Omni Podcast and on Facebook at Omni Podcast YAG to stay updated on future transmissions. Goodbye.